welcome to the Jennifer O'Brien Show. I am your host, Jennifer O'Brien. So glad you all are joining us today. And I'm super excited. I have a very funny, very talented comedian on the show today, comedian Paul May. And um, he's a lot of fun. And um, every time I see what he's doing, whether he's on YouTube or TikTok, he's doing something crazy and funny and always just bringing the silliness. And um, before I bring up Paul, I just wanted to bring up a video that every time you go to his website, this is the first video that comes up and um, it's kind of a parody um, and I'm just going to play it. So for those of you that are not actually watching the video format of this, maybe you could check it out, but uh, I'm just going to play a little bit of that video. This is what comes up when you go to his website. This is Paul. Paul is a comedian. Paul, like so many other comedians, just needs a place to perform. All right, we'll stop it there. But anyway, that that just makes me laugh. I'm sorry. So obviously he's a comedian and he has a great sense of humor and um, you'll have to check out the whole video. But uh, without further ado, let's bring up Paul May. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Hey, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> okay, so very funny video. I know I've seen it uh, before, but yeah, whenever I first started doing the stand-up, um, of course, I didn't have any promotional video. I didn't even have stage, like, uh, you know, promo stuff we used because I was just starting out doing the stand-up. So mm -hmm. I thought, well, how can I uh, be able to um, promote my stand-up and everything? It's basically, you know, me being at home telling jokes to my wife. And she's yeah. so tired of hearing all my jokes that she's <laughs> desperate to get me out on stage somewhere and somebody book me for, for her sake. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love it. No, it's, um, it's very funny. And especially now with COVID and, you know, things have been so crazy. It's just like hire this comedian. He's right. please, he's dying. Get him out of the house. Um, very funny. So, um, anyway, I, I met you, it's been several years. Um, how long, I know we met at the Christian comedy association. Uh, the last oh, one we met in person was in Tennessee. Is that three years ago or has it been four now? Oh, you know, it doesn't seem like the last two years have just been, you know, it doesn't, who knows? 2019. Now. It was in 2019. 2019. Okay. Um, well, that 2019 was when we were in Texas. Oh yeah. You're right. You're right. Dallas. But, yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. 2019, Texas. 
Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's where uh, we kind of connected, and um, I've seen your comedy before. So I might have seen you. That was like that was not your first time coming to CCA. No, that that was my third. Third, yeah, but I think I think in the background, like kind of was like, oh yeah, you you kind of know, but you don't know, but you're like, okay, I kind of know who you are, but maybe I don't really right. really know who you are. But um, I know that you ran. We did um kind of a breakout room, like we would. Um, I know Jason Earls. He was. Um, the president of CCA at the time. So he took over the downtown. What's that part of Texas called? Lovejoy? Am I making that up? Oh, something... man. Yeah. I, I remember. remember. In that little downtown district, there is basically in a walking strip, it had a winery, a, uh, a bookstore, and a coffee yeah. shop, and a barbecue place. And so, yeah, he uh, arranged it with those businesses to basically have the comedians come in there and do time at different places and just everybody kind of make their rounds and stuff. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And then I ended up, you ended up running one of the rooms. So we did each, each place had like a, a comedian that kind of ran the room and then the other comics would come and do their time. So yeah. I ended up being in a room where you, you, I think we were in an art gallery of some sorts. And right. um, so, yeah. And then you got to, you, 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 you know, of course you had the benefit of running the room. So each in between each comedian, you got to get and do a little more of your, your set. And uh, so I got to see a lot of your stand up that evening which included a lot of uh, characters. So, so tell us about, um, you know, your comedy and how you got started. And um, I know you just finished Dry Bar and that's out now. So just kind of dive in. Tell us about uh, what you got going. And yeah, you got as, far, as far as the stand-up world, um, I kind of entered into the stand-up comedy late in, in, my, in my life. I'm 48 now. So um, 40, it would have been six years ago in mm -hmm. February is whenever I started uh, doing stand-up. So before that, I had a drama production ministry and uh, I led about a, a five-person team, one technician, and we traveled and predominantly uh, our demographic was teenagers. So we did a lot of summer camps and um, literally uh, I, I took, I did the math from mm -hmm. whenever I was in college to uh, pretty much the time I was still doing that ministry. If you take Monday through Friday, being at a camp and the weekend travel to the next one, four years of my life has literally been at a youth camp. <laughs> oh, wow. So, wow. Yeah. So, yep. so <laughs> that just kind of tells you um, we did a lot. I mean, we were doing 10 weeks uh, summer camps. And then in the uh, fall and spring, we did a lot of conferences and mm -hmm. uh, school students and stuff like that. So as far as developing characters, um, it was that drama ministry that got me into that. So we did, you know, imp we, of course we did some improv, but we also had um, uh, hilarious sketches that had like spiritual applications to them. And then we also did some dramatic roles as well. So that's that's how I kind of got into the character. It, as far as doing impressions, I I, I kind of stumbled upon it. I didn't really do mm -hmm. impressions as a kid or even growing up. And whenever I started doing the drama ministry or thing, I you know, when I played characters, I could do things with my voice, and I realized. Oh man, I could do Mickey Mouse. That sounds like Mickey Mouse. Oh, that, well, that sounds like Elmo, you know. So I, yeah. I, I kind of stumbled upon like, oh, I can I can actually impersonate some characters here. Nice. Now, which you do like in your comedy, I've noticed you do have a lot of that. And then when I asked you about your dry bar uh, last week, you're like, I didn't do any of impersonations. I'm like, really? That's interesting. So um so tell me like how how that evolved. So you started realizing you you know with the drama ministry you can do all these voices and these characters. And then what was that step that you're like I want to do stand up? Like so and how do you integrate those now or do you or are they kind of more separated? 
Yeah, there's a, there's a couple different ways I integrate it. Um, but yeah, uh, whenever my uh, drama ministry was kind of coming to a close, I knew that chapter was closed. I was getting older. My team stayed young, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so I took a couple of years off the road just to kind of see what it was like <laughs> that be home and have a nine, just a nine to five and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it, it was kind of a time of uh, just kind of figure out what my next chapter is going to be. And I woke up one day, said, honey, I think I want to give stand up comedy a try. And of course, you know, she's always been uh, a huge support in, in whatever I do. And, and she knew that I, I love traveling. I love being on the road. I love meeting new people and, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, experiences and stuff. So, uh, yeah, six years ago, I, I made that transition. And, and of course, you know, it's, it's one of those things, you know, I, I'm six years into it, but, you know, veteran uh, comics say all the time, it takes an average of seven years before you actually find your comedy voice and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I think I'm kind of getting close to that. But um, and then as far as the impressions go, how I incorporate them, um, I, don't, I don't just kind of bring them out in, in a set. I, I kind of just showcase it. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a couple of ways that I've done it. Uh, one is a uh, character assassination rap battle. One of the fictional characters had a rap battle. And so they're all rapping back together as a character. <laughs> um, and then um, I also uh, will do uh, like around Christmas time. I did the Twas the Night Before Christmas. Uh-huh. And I always said my kids, you know, whenever we were little, I would read stories to them all the time. But they uh, I had a hard time paying attention. So I had to get creative and I would yeah. read stories to them. So I do like, uh, you know. And impersonations of characters. And so I started out with Mickey Mouse, like, Twas the night before Christmas. <laughs> you know? And so I do the stories yeah. and interject some comedy with that. And then, um, and then, you know, there's a new one that I'm getting ready to try out, especially, and you, you will probably touch on a little bit, but I'm doing this redneck uh, bus tour. Yeah. So I figured a way to showcase those characters because I did the Twas the Night Before Christmas when we were doing the Christmas Lights tour, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really kind of go, you know, with with the summer and stuff like that. So I put together a uh, redneck country karaoke using Ooh. those uh, characters, and so I've got uh, you know Mickey Mouse singing Jolene. You're like Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's but awesome. I got, I got Bullwinkle doing Devil Went Down to Georgia. Yeah. Devil that's awesome yeah so i'm actually putting all that together this week and trying to learn all the you know the little words with it and you know Emma's got friends in low places <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yes uh listen you know i i've learned you know people especially and, and touch on this a little bit because i know now you you are doing uh the mayhem it's a bus tour or is that your just your comedy name? Explain a little yeah. bit about what you're you're doing with this with this bus. So uh, so uh, last year about October, I had a comedian friend um, message me say, "Hey, uh, this is uh, new come to Branson because I live in Springfield, Missouri. Branson is about thirty five minutes away from me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is new coming into Branson this year. It's called the Redneck Comedy Bus Tour." Yeah. And they've been uh, operating for about 15 years in Nashville. Then they opened one in Pigeon Forge the year prior. And now they're putting one in Branson. Would you be mm-hmm. interested in being one of the comics for that? Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we're coming off the heels of COVID and everything. And I'm, you know, just uh, looking for opportunities anyways. And sure. I, I watched a YouTube video. I'm like, man, this would be a lot of fun. It's kind of like, it's kind of like you've got a captive audience for two hours on, you know, on a mobile stage. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just mm-hmm. going around and, 
And uh, I said, if anything, it's going to allow me to get my uh, comedy voice that much faster because I'm doing it more and I'm learning. I'm seeing what's working, what's not working and and just kind of hone that. So I'm looking forward to that. So uh, but because you're on on a redneck comedy bus, I had to be a redneck character. So I took on mayhem. Mayhem. And uh, okay. my last name's May, and then uh, Ham, not H E M, but Ham, as in a full blown ham. And I love it. Okay, very cool. Very, very punny. Um, so I, I see. Okay, that's how you did that. So now, but you even have now a TikTok channel uh, with with that Mayhem character. That yeah, I did. you know how we talked last week a little bit, and I just started doing that character on TikTok. Yeah, and. Um, Whenever we talked last week, I was at two two hundred fifty followers, mm-hmm. and today it has jumped to. Uh, when did we talk last? We talked uh, like what, a week three? ago. Yeah, because I so would just two, finished doing the show. Yeah, it, it, it something's kind of hit on. I don't know how the whole algorithm. You got that algorithm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how long it's going to stay? Yeah. But I'm at two thousand two hundred seventy eight followers now from just a hey, week hey. ago. Hey hey. So that's been fun. That's, you know, I I have found, I've started working TikTok as well. I've been very reluctant because I'm like, do I want to give the Chinese all my information? But, you know, <laughs> now I'm like, oh, I might as well. They're taking it anyway. Um, right. So I'm just going out in a blaze of glory. So I, but I am kind of funny about my TikTok app. I'm like, I try not to keep it on in the background, you know, little things, little things. But anyway, I, I say all that, that um, I know too much really, but it is an organic as far as getting an audience. Yeah. It seems like it's a more of an organic flow versus YouTube, Facebook, um, some of the other apps that I've been on that seem like you're just right. a salmon going upstream. It's like, and yeah, it's really if you, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to compliment that. Um, it's a really good platform because um, Instagram is pictures and they got, they're trying to do the reels now and stuff. Um, and then Facebook, I don't know, man. It's like a lot of disgruntled people on there. And but yeah. TikTok, whenever I got involved in TikTok, was actually when the pandemic and all my shows got canceled. So I was kind of looking just for an outlet. Yeah. And, and um, so I did that for a while on my regular TikTok, which is the Paul May Comedy. Yeah. And then, like anything, I, I do it for a while, then I'll get bored with it, and don't even mess with it. <laughs> so I got to about twenty-one thousand followers and just kind of left it alone, haven't done anything with it. So. I, but, it, but now that I'm doing the mayhem one, I, I want to, I don't want that one to, uh, it's going to you know, probably surpass that my Paul May comedy just because sure. I'm going to be doing that character more because we do that red deck bus for about, you know, five to six days a week. So I'll be doing a lot of content with that. But at the same time, my other, my other one, I want to uh, kind of maybe develop just some different characters that maybe I could, you know, showcase and stuff, you know, cause it's one sure. thing you can have your stand-up on there and that's great mm-hmm. but that's that's more for the live i i think that's better for a, a live audience and and just to kind of have fun with that to yeah. where my talk would be more just having fun as as a comedian and as a as a comedy writer right yeah um and i did notice that i i didn't i was watching you during the pandemic right we were all like oh my gosh what do we do and i focused in on a web series real housewives of the quarantine and I saw, you know, and that was great. And I really pushed it and did all that. I saw what you did with TikTok. And I'm like, wow, look at Paul just building. Like, I saw your numbers. I was like, great. Paul's just in there. And it's a just, you, you you definitely built it up. Now, I anyway, we can discuss TikTok as a business. Because, you know, when, when you start to work things after a while, I'm like, well, I got to make money somehow. 
Um, be curious if you've explored that, but that's not what today's show is all about anyway, how to make money on the enemy stage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, but I do read a lot. So just be careful if you're on TikTok, um, you are being compromised, but we're compromised on all the apps. So, but anyway, that's not the show today about conspiracies. No, but I want to say, so you just mentioned you're about to start back up with the shows five, six days a week doing this bus tour. How is that now as a, as a comedian? And as somebody who works as a full-time comedian and to find those consistent gigs, I know that's not always the easiest thing. How does that feel to now have this kind of bus tour going and knowing you've got those dates lined up? How does that, how does that work for you? Yeah. I mean, obviously whenever you're a family man, got a family of four and stuff, mm -hmm. you got to put money on the, on the, uh, in the account. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, whenever that opportunity arose for the uh, redneck tour and stuff, it kind of took the pressure off a little bit because, you know, when you're a comedian, people don't realize, oh, this guy just, you know, stands up and tells jokes right now and that he gets paid for that. But they don't realize you're also wearing other hats. You're, you're your own marketer. You're your own mm -hmm. joke writer. You're your own um, uh, booker. You're the uh, <clears throat> your own uh, driver. You know, <laughs> all those right, things. Right, right, right. Manager. Um, until you get to a place where you get enough money where you can hire out somebody to do that for you. But uh, when you're, um, you know, just kind of going through the comedy years where I'm at in year six and stuff, um, having that opportunity to do the redneck and stuff uh, takes the pressure off having a book for my travels. And the, the yeah. beautiful thing about the redneck thing is I can still uh, do shows and travel. I just have another comedian that would just fill in uh, for okay. the day days that I'll be gone. So it, they've got a really easy going relationship. The guy that owns the, the whole company, man, he's just as easy going as they get and real nice guy and genuine and, mm -hmm. and uh, real, real good guy to work for. So he's very understanding and supports our craft and what we do and what we're trying to do uh, out uh, outside the, the old tour bus, as they say. Right. Right. I mean, I have a lot of respect for full-time comedians that support their family with comedy. Cause if I was supporting my family, like right now, like, like we wouldn't be doing this. I'll tell you that right now. I wouldn't have the lights on because, um, it hasn't been, it's, it's a lot of work. So I have kudos to people that really go head into it and support their family with their craft because it, it takes, it is, it's a lot of work. You got to hustle. I mean, that's, that's the thing I, I, and I think I learned that early on uh, whenever I, I started the drama ministry. I mean, that's a team of five actors, one technician. And of course, I'm mm -hmm. married, have a, have a wife and stuff. And I it's, drama was something I did in college. And then when I wanted to launch into that full time, mm -hmm. man, there's a there's an element of faith, man. You got to just put yourself out there and like, God, you're going to provide the means. You're going to provide the ways and you're going to provide the income for us to be. You can do that if, if this if you're in it, you mm -hmm. know, it's going to happen. And so, yeah. I was fortunate most, most kind of, I guess you'd say parachurch in a sense or, or bands or, or anything like that. They can average about two years and then mm -hmm. like, you know, like a startup business, two years. And sometimes they're having to go bankrupt and stuff, mm -hmm. but we were fortunate to run that ministry almost 16, 17 years. And then we wow. went through uh, two conversion vans, two tour buses. Um, we had a full scale lighting system. Um, and so all that and then god still provided enough income for my family mm -hmm. you know in, in that process so whenever i transition into stand-up i just kind of use that same model mm -hmm. and going out and just saying hey you know you put yourself out there and and mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like in, in the marketing sense you got to go through the no's to get to the yeses yeah 
Yeah, it's true. Just get the nose out of the way. That's what I say sometimes. I'm like, okay, just another no. Eventually I'm going to get the yes. Um, it, it like, so talk about that. I mean, there is something, and it, it sounds like because you, with your drama ministry, um, and now you're going into the comedy, there is an aspect of this that requires this toughness that is almost like, don't take it personal. It's just not for you, or it's not your gig, or it's not your place. How do you, when, when you're supporting your family, because I have to be honest with you. Like I haven't really held that pressure. I mean, I've wanted things to look different. I would have had, I would have loved for things to have opened up quicker for me, right. but I didn't have the weight of my family on my shoulders. So yeah. how do you kind of navigate that? Like it, with your faith and everything. That... It's a perspective It's and mm -hmm. it's a mindset that I'm not going to let someone on the outside of my family control my calendar. Mm -hmm. Me meaning that, um, if I'm going to go out and, and do look, I got to put the work in to to uh, get out on the road because no one else is is you know going to just pay for my family and in and, and the bills we got to take care of and stuff. And so I, mm -hmm. I just took the mindset, OK, this month, uh, how, if I'm working up a tour, how many days do I need to be gone and how many bookings do I need to be able to um, have the income that that uh, takes care of everything? And so, you know, it's just like with anything, if anybody starting up a business or whatever, you're in control of your calendar. So, you know, you can have somebody, well, that's never going to work or you're not going to do this. Like that person doesn't know me and that person doesn't mm -hmm. know my situation. That person, um, you know, is basically fuel to my fire, you know, like, right. oh yeah, we'll see about that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you basically take that and you just kind of use that as like you just said, it fuels the fire. Like, yeah, well, no, I'm called to do this. This is what I want to do. And I'm going to, you know, keep, keep at it. Right. Yeah. And, and people, people don't know what they don't know. You mm -hmm. know, that's, um, a lot of times, you know, like people just try to understand like, so why are you doing this? Or what, what's your, what's your end game? What's, you know, and they don't really mm -hmm. understand because they have, they have that comfortable job. That's mm -hmm. their nine to five. They know that, that there's a paycheck coming everything with what we do. You know, I'll, I'll get a check this week. Oh, yeah, matter of fact, I'm still waiting on a check that of uh, a show that I <laughs> did uh, two weeks ago, and mm -hmm. and uh, and so it's like okay, um, those those are elements that I have been living throughout even my college days of just knowing mm -hmm. that it's not going to be a consistent. Oh, every two weeks I get this. Every two, you no, know, it's a paycheck here, paycheck there, mm -hmm. do an event here, do an event there, and then you, know, you the manage that. that adds up. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely, a, you know, it's it's being self-employed. You have to kind of just know that maybe it doesn't come in for a few weeks, but then you've got something else coming down the road. Um, so, yeah, so this is something you've you and your your wife and your family, y'all just this has been how it's been. And I guess this is you've learned to adapt. What I'd love to see. I noticed you started doing this as well. You did. You, you, you're getting into geocaching or at least you're making videos about it. So explain, because I know you do a lot of travel and you're, you're, you're out on the road a lot. Yeah. So, um, is this something you've been doing for a while and you're just like, Hey, I'm going to share this with the world. Yeah, um, my, It was actually something my kids got me involved in. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, you know, my, my uh, oldest is 19. My youngest is 15 now, but whenever they were kind of in the middle school years or, you know, uh, uh, upper elementary and stuff they got into geocaching and i'm like mm -hmm. what what's geocaching because whenever i remember geocaching being it was just like you know some sort of compass and going out and trying to find stuff <laughs> but now it's an app that you download and you just bring that app up and mm -hmm. 
where like here in Springfield, there mm-hmm. there be there's there's thousands of geocaches out there. Oh, and so, cool. so as I travel as a comedian, <clears throat> I'll go to certain areas and I'll have a show that night and everything, but I've got a few hours to kill and I don't know the area that well or don't know what to do and stuff. It, it's basically a a time filler for me that's it's kind of like a, a treasure hunt in the sense mm-hmm. like, oh, there's some geocaches here. And then people do really creative and uh, of the geocache. And for those who know what geocache is, it's basically a container, some sort of container. It could be this big. It could be this big um, that's hidden somewhere. And you got to find it. And then you sign a log sheet. And then in the app, let them know that you found it. Mm-hmm. And so the cool thing about the geocache is it's allowed me to experience places I wouldn't have never even known. Like, for instance, one of the geocaches took me to the very man who shot and killed Jesse James. Oh, and then, wow. And then another one took me where uh, a place where Bonnie and Clyde had a shootout with law. And oh, then another wow. one took me to a place <laughs> where uh, Harrison Ford was in the movie witness with the Amish in Pennsylvania on the telephone. <laughs> took oh, me to wow. spot. So, so it's just really neat that, uh, you know, whenever you turn on the app, there's some really cool things that you'd be able to experience or find if, you know, if you didn't have the app and stuff. So, so anybody that's, got kids or even if you're just mm-hmm. traveling or just want some you know nature walk and stuff even in the nature walk they hide them in the woods and you find them yeah in the tree trunk or and so it, it's a lot of fun i i did i once i did one with my nephew and um we found like toys and stuff and um it was kind of waterlogged but it was like ah it was still it was there it was cool so is has right. have you ever found the geocache that you're like uh this is like suspect or i hold on wait a second why uh, is there a video camera wait why is there a guy with one tooth staring at me like are you ever like wait what did i get into what, what's going on no because know. there's a there's a lot of stipulations on mm-hmm. uh you know for the person that's hiding it they have to abide by certain geocache okay. rules for it and if they don't abide by it, then it's automatically taken off. But I don't know if you can see this on the screen, but this is where I live in Springfield. And uh-huh. those are oh, all wow. Geo- all those circles are geocaches in the area. Yay, the, yay, yay. The, smi- the smiley faces is the ones that I found, you know, so it's like. <laughs> wow. So you stay very busy with the geocaching. That's kind of yeah. cool. That's that. It's, it's No, it's neat. And my husband and I, we've talked about doing it like, uh, and then we just never, but I did it once and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'd do it again. It's pretty right. cool. I try, to, um, I try to find a geocache or whenever I have a show in a certain state or I'm traveling stuff, I try to at least find one geocache in that spot. So whenever, um, you know, it's all kind of said and done, you can kind of mm-hmm. see where I've been, you know, location wise. Oh, he's, he found a geocache in Oregon, you know? So. Oh, that's cool. So is it like, it's probably like a little online community of geocachers and it's like, Hey, what'd you find? Yeah. Hello, so you kind of a rock star in that community? And... Are you a rock star? Oh, yeah. Well, then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Paul May. Look at Paul all over the world with the geocache. <laughs> Woo, silly thing. I got some Tupperware. Look at that. Yeah. So, okay, so I do have to ask. Have you done a geocache yourself? Have you set one up? Uh, my boys and I had three of them here locally. Um, okay. But uh, we... we uh, haven't maintained them so they're no longer on the app. <laughs> okay. Well, All right. Like, you like, what you know, weather hits it or you know, right. you lose your sign sheet and stuff. After a while, people said, you know, didn't find it, didn't find it, then they just say, okay, they just remove it from the app. You know, you know, nobody goes and looks for it again. So no maintenance. Did three, but you 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 fail to to yeah, maintenance it's, it's, those three. It's much more fun just to find them than to go out and hide them. 
a lot more yeah. work. Out. You have to you have to bring all the coordinates and stuff and load it and give a big description and then launch it on the on the their website and then you gotta wait for the approval process. So it's a lot more yeah. tedious than just work. going out and it's like, too much work. It is like a treasure hunt. Like, and I think deep down, we all like to go on a treasure hunt. It's inside of all of us to want to find that hidden gem. So I think it's really cool. Like I watch the, um, you ever watch those guys on uh, Discovery Channel, uh, Oak Island guys, the brothers, Oh, the Rick and Marty Laginas. Yeah. Like I'm fat, you know, even though they'll find random stuff, but I'm still like, it's still exciting. And you're, you're wondering about the booby traps and you're like, oh my gosh. And there is just something really intriguing about the hidden treasure. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's me. Um, you know, I, I've always enjoyed, um, the games where you're like trying to find things like the hidden pictures and stuff like mm. that. Oh, me too. But, but as far as the treasure hunt and, and stuff like that, whenever the pandemic hit, yeah. I had to find an extra stream of income. So I wound up doing resale on eBay as well. Yeah. So, talk about that. Yeah. Well, if you can see right there, see all that. Oh my gosh. Those boxes. Yeah those boxes all coordinated and in there, there there's items. So when something sells uh, on eBay, okay, that was in box G. So I, then I grab it and, and ship it. But, wow. but what I'm saying with the geocaching uh, is the treasure hunt. To me, the resale was also a fun treasure hunt because I was getting up at like six o'clock in the morning and hitting yard mm. sales and garage sales. Yeah. And I sat and watched people's YouTubes that do it full time for a living, and mm-hmm. what, and I found out what to kind of look for items that would be good and and that would have some value. And there was like, for instance, I got a, uh, I was at this yard sale and it was an old record player slash cassette player all in one, like a boombox. Mm. And I asked how much they wanted for, it and they said three dollars. At the time, I didn't look it up. I figured, okay, it'd probably be worth you know twenty thirty bucks, you know. Because you basically you basically just flipping items and stuff and, and make sure money. sure and you just want to make three times that thing sold for two hundred and fifty dollars. Hey, so, yeah. woo! Oh, that feels good. That yeah. feels that's so, that's that's, that's cool. like a treasure in the sense, like oh man, I stumbled upon this and yeah, you know, and and like I said, it it paid our bills uh, during twenty twenty. Uh, if I didn't have the eBay theft, you know, you know, my wife probably had to do you know meth and prostitution. I don't know. <laughs> I like how you put her to work to do the bad stuff. You get out there. You make us the money, lady. I didn't say which was which. I can do the prostitution. I don't know. If <laughs> no, I love that because I think you have to be, as an artist, as an artist that is providing on an artist way income, there are times you have to pivot or you have to figure out, okay, what do I do? What do you know, for me, it's like I was Uber, I was doing some overeats back in 2020. I'm like, I'm overeating. Uh, which I kind of liked it. I was listening to music and just driving around and, yeah. um, you know, and I don't mind, like I get me around people. Like, although I really wasn't around a lot of people, but just interacting, getting out of my, I, I don't right. like being home too much. Like I get weird. I get like, I'm one of those people do not, do That's not right. get me off the grid because yeah. you think I'm weird now. I'm like, I'm going to start drooling and crossing the eyes just normal. Right. And <laughs> I'm already weird. So, um, yeah, you have to sometimes be willing to be like, what do I have to do to keep doing what I love to do? Which is for me, I want to keep writing and producing, but you know, sometimes the money for me, like I said, doesn't always come in, but thank God my husband, I mean, he works kind of a normal job, but he's also an artist in a way too. Like he does, he went to like art school and. Yeah, that's the thing. The, the side hustles, uh, you know, allow you to continue to do what you love to do. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it keeps it for me. It's it, it just provides more content like you're always going to, you know, no matter what we're getting involved in yard sales, like, come on, walking up on some of those yard sales. Like my husband and I have this joke about walking up like, hey, man, what kind of crap y'all got for sale here today? You know, we're thinking about buying some crap. I don't know. Like, but saying other yeah. words. Uh, because sometimes that's all it is, is a bunch well, that's, of, you know, it's funny you mentioned Uber Eats and stuff. Cause, uh, we did, uh, here we uh, have DoorDash. Of course I have Uber Eats too, but, um, right. so my wife and I, when the, all my shows got canceled and stuff, we did the DoorDash here for a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. And one of the funniest things would happen, it would never fail that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, there's a lot, it's a college town and there's a lot of apartments in different areas and stuff. Yeah. But it never fail. Uh, you get an order and you go to the apartment and it's always, always lives on the top like three oh, floors up. Yeah, like, and you're like that's why you got this yeah yeah so it's like I, i'm just like trying to think of their mindset you're like uh hey honey you want to go down and get some talk about like are you crazy there's like three flights of stairs we have to go down <laughs> like, what, what are we gonna do then we'll hold it on DoorDash and make these struggling comedian bring it to us <laughs> It's true. My first delivery was three flights of stairs and it was McDonald's and she didn't tip me. I was like, oh no. But then I kind of understood. I'm like, I get it. She didn't want to leave her house and have to walk down three flights of stairs. So I, I got my steps in. All I can say is I got my steps in for the day. And, um, it wasn't a bad hustle. I don't know about doing it now. You know what else I did? I also did the the gas prices, man. Their gas price, you're not even making money. Oh my gosh. I did the uh, click list. I think that's what it was called where I started grocery shopping for people. Oh yeah. And I knew my time was up when I accepted three orders. So I was at the one grocery store, but I accepted three separate orders. So I had to keep three orders in my cart. They give you a credit card. The guy messed it up and he forgot to, it was this whole thing. I'm one of them. I was once again, I realized why they use the service one like big things of water like little bottles but like oh, yeah. the like 35 or 100 i mean i'm delivering the groceries literally i i cut myself on you know the delivery i'm bleeding out now i'm bleeding <laughs> i'm trying to wrap it with a kroger bag a grocery bag like a plastic one to stop the bleeding and i still have two more deliveries i'm like i left my blood on half their groceries i'm like you know i think it's time to stop I yeah. just delivered blood. Um, they found clean. <laughs> and I couldn't find a band aid. And I was just like, I was miserable. And that's when I felt like God was like, why don't you go back and just work on some comedy? Cause you're not really good at this. But um, anyway, you got to hustle. It, it, I don't mind hustling. I like, I like the fight. I like the hustle. I like the grind of, you know, and sometimes when things freeze up on this and it's like, I'm ready to keep going. Like, yeah. So, and then it makes you appreciate putting that work ethic into what we do as comedians. You know, if we're willing to go out there and work at this or that, the other, put it into this. Eventually, sometimes it's a little slower, at least for me, I can't speak for other comedians. Um, sometimes it's not the time or the as fast as I would want it, but had things always worked out in the season, I would want them to work out. I don't think I would have explored other avenues such as this podcast um, or doing more video work, which actually yeah. I really enjoy. Like yeah. I really enjoy this kind of stuff that I would have, I probably wouldn't have put much effort into it. So. And I think um, as, as you build something or thing, I mean, the, the key words consistency, yeah. um, you know, just whether it's going to be in the stand up world, just being consistent of, of 
putting yourself out there and, and looking for the opportunities or a podcast or even TikTok videos. Like I said, whenever I did my Paul May comedy with, with the TikToks and stuff, I was consistent for a while and then I got bored with it and, and left it. And then it kind of, you know, didn't, didn't really grow. So now I, in order to be consistent to get that to grow, I have to put more effort into it now that to kind of get, yeah. get the uh, ball rolling again with it. That's the, you you just said it, it's consistency. And that's, I think as an, as artists, as, as true performers, it's kind of overriding that part and, and, and staying with something even when it's, um, and that's, that's kind of hard. That's kind of hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, like you said, you kind of like, oh, well, that was good. Now I'm over here. You're pivoting and you're doing this and that. But um, consistency is, is that's, that's right. the magic sauce. That's <laughs> the stuff. So um, I love, I've been checking out your TikTok channel with the mayhem, this, this redneck character. Tell us a little bit, where do you get, where's this guy coming from? I mean, you're too well, good at it. In, in all actuality, it, it comes easy to me because I started out a city boy. I was born in Kansas City, Missouri, okay. but I only lived there three years of my life. Uh, mm -hmm. my, my dad uh, actually passed away when I was three. And then we, oh, wow. my mom and I moved to a, a small town about an hour of Springfield. And the, the population of that town is literally 464 people in the city limits. Okay. Oh, my God. And so I had a, I, my, my whole <laughs> class, uh, my graduating class was 23 people. But it's all country boys, country folk, okay. and and so just love slow talking, and we just you know we're gonna have a good time. I got my truck <laughs> over there, and, uh, you know, and just got you you start taking on the character, you know, and just yeah. have an action, have a good time, and and so uh, I just kind of pick up the redneck because in all actuality, I I grew up a redneck, even though um, I'm more of a mainstream look right now. But right, uh, it's in there. But, but just being around it and then uh, my stepdad and everything he's he's redneck you know he's he's just a good old boy never meet no harm you know and, <laughs> he's a big boy yeah so <laughs> that's you know the inspiration from that is just like just from my childhood and growing up in a small town yeah yeah i i, I i've noticed like i i'm a big care i'm i love characters in comedy it's it's really where i could just i could hang out in some sort of character all day long and be completely fine with it um, so you just said it, you kind of grew up around it. You were in it. Like, do you ever, as a character comedian, do you ever like, are you all, all of a sudden in a situation where you're like right next to somebody, you're like, this is a character. And all of a sudden, all you're doing is taking it in for what you're going to turn it into next chance you get. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, just yeah. like taking it. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, yeah. A lot, if you, um, even like some of the old SNL characters, I was watching some YouTube videos with Kevin Nealon and he was interviewing mm -hmm. like Dana Carvey and stuff. And mm -hmm. a lot of their characters that they've done on Saturday Night Live basically happen in the idea process happened because of somebody they saw or mm -hmm. a relative that they have who acts like that or talks like that. Right. And so you get a lot of your inspiration just from life happenings and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like I got a, my, uh, my wife has an uncle and He's one of those guys, he'll start talking and, and he'll, he'll say something funny, uh -huh. but you don't understand what he's saying because he's trying to tell his, what he's saying in the midst of him laughing. It's like, so I was down at Walmart the other day and this guy, <laughs> and you're just sitting there like, yeah, that's, and you're not going to ask him what he said again. You just realize, okay, he thought it was funny. Like, oh yeah, wow, that's pretty <laughs> 
I was in the bathroom the other day and everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you just learn to just go along with it and just let them let them get all tickled up. Yeah, that's right. funny. Yeah, I do. I I listen. I do that too. Or I'm listening to somebody. Like we ran, we were down in Florida last summer, and we were staying at uh, my husband's aunt's condo, and a lot of older folks around there. And she was describing a Costco run with the neighbor, and the the, the Costco run consisted consisted of the neighbor getting Odules and insurers, like the you know the insure like supplement right. drinks, and then Odules is like non alcoholic beer. Right. And I was like, "There's my character. I want a character that literally drinks both of those. Like she's on it. She's on a liquid diet of just Odules <laughs> and Insures or something. Like I had to like, I literally have Odules and Insures in my house like right now, and I've already used the Odules in one character. Um, because I'm like, I need to have that on hand because those two together, like there is literally a real person drinking these in real life. And right. it just, it made me happy. Like it's little things like that, that I just, the weird, I gravitate towards the weird or the right. thing that seems a little off. And I don't know, you mentioned you have a closet full of clothes behind you with props. I, I have two big dresser things here in my office of just things I find at thrift stores. Tell me, if, if you and I are kind of on the same wavelength, are you, if, if you're a big thrifter or a uh, yard sale person, do you ever like stumble upon like something you're like, boom, that's the outfit. That's the hat. Oh, yeah. That's the shirt. Yeah. Tell me um, about that. Okay. You, you've been watching my TikTok videos, right? Yeah. So the, the mayhem, <laughs> that fur jacket was 25 cents at a yard sale. I, I, I'm and this, that, I actually bought that even before I got the character. Yes. I, I, I had it. Then all of a sudden like, you know what? That'd be good for my little character. And so yes. that, that jacket is a uh, case in point right there. It's true. Like, and, that, and there are times I don't know why I buy something. I'm like, I, I don't really have an idea at that moment. I know something's unusual or funny about it. Like I started buying my, like I have a Waffle House character I've been doing on TikTok and then a Walmart character. But yeah. if I'm at a thrift store and I see a Walmart like vest, I'm like, I should just get this. It just makes right. sense. I have police, yeah. I have security stuff. Like, Sometimes I'm just like, well, I'll figure something out. I just want to get this item. So it's funny that you're kind of a character comedian and you're you're on that wavelength. Oh, we have we have a comment. My sister says, this is Robin O'Brien Moody, also a comedian. Paul May loves puns. Yeah, he's a punny guy, isn't he, Robin? I do like puns. Matter of fact, uh, my next, uh, it's funny she says that because yeah. I printed this out. But my next Paul May comedy TikTok, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, grocery shopping with my wife and uh -huh. give her a, a motivational speech in the uh, in the produce. So I'm gonna grab produce. So because of the fun <laughs> that you just set me up real well, I'm gonna read Segway. it. Segway, <clears throat> honey, don't be a vegetable all your life. Quit being a couch potato, and I'll I'll, I'll grab a potato. <laughs> I'll live an immediate okra life. Why do you hear it? What other people think. Their opinions do not mount to a hill of beans. <laughs> Watch all the fear and doubt in your mind. Take risk and beat the odds. Now go out there and show the world that you corn do it. <laughs> Cucumber, when you have had dreams and ambitions, Lima ask you again. Do you cucumber when you used to have dreams and ambitions when you were onion? Onion. Yeah, <laughs> Or when you were young and free, onion and free. There we go. Uh, someone got up jalapeno business and stole your dreams away. 
Mm-hmm. Let us think about that for a second. I say pee in their general direction and make them break out in a radish. It is time that you turn up over a new leaf. You have been held captive long enough. Hashtag veggie goals. <laughs> wow. That's some commitment. That is some major commitment. I love it. So you're going to do a little video and make sure. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be a lot of quick clips. Uh, yeah. So like she'd be in one aisle and everything, and then I'll have a turn up and turn up over a new leaf, honey. And then this next one, and she's just, of course, it's oh, my I can't wait to see it. Me anyway. She just trying to get her shopping list done, but I'm doing all that stupid stuff and and giving her a big motivational speech. Okay, hashtag veggie goals. That's that's great. Yes, I love it. Listen, my sister, she's into the ponds too. You, I, I, I accidentally say puns. That's as good as it gets for me. Whenever we play uh, improv games, like 101 bartenders where you got to come up with the stuff and the, you know, thousand, you know, 101, you know, carrots walking in the bar and say, Hey, where's the, I don't know, where's the beta carotene? I like, I, I make the dumbest ones up that are so bad that you're just like, Oh, that's Right. So my sister is good at those and I don't like oh, yeah. those. I yeah. don't like, I'm just not as good at them, but that's okay. We all have our scrunts in the comedy biz and puns are not mine. Except if I accidentally say something, they're like, oh, that's funny. And I'm like, I didn't even mean to. I promise you. <laughs> Can't wait for you to produce this TikTok. Do you see how she does Whoa. it? I, I'm telling you, she's the queen of puns. You know, I, I will give it to my sister. She, it's like her brain does that fast thing, and mine, mine just goes differently in the comedy. Yeah. Well, she's doing a right. great job. Yeah, yeah. So, great, great um, see, so I did a great job. A, ra- a grape job. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. I, 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 trans- I transitioned into fruit now. <laughs> so funny, so funny. All right. Well, we are gonna probably wrap it up because we're. We, we're, we're gonna we're gonna you see how we're on this nice high trajectory here with this whole thing so um for those people that okay and she's got one more comment i seed what you did there ah. Ah. <laughs> see those are good guys these are good i'm telling you my brain just it's almost like goes up like this um, so people that want to get to know who this Paul may is, AKA mayhem, where should we direct folks? And I could put your links in the show notes. Uh, um, just type in at Paul may comedy and any of the social media sites and you should find me. Um, I spent, like I said, I spent more time on uh, my TikTok. I've also got a, uh, one thing I haven't been consistent, but I, I do want to get it going. Um, uh, cause I think there's especially as I travel and everything. Um, I like, I like filming all the behind the scenes stuff on a travel and, and, and do that. So I did a YouTube channel. It's had different titles, but the newest title is Paul may is going places. Uh, okay. meaning that, you know, today Paul may is at the beach, you know, and then I'm doing some sort of, uh, I got a GoPro that I travel around with and, and just kind of, um, videotape, like I said, just behind the scene, fun stuff. So YouTube is is a channel that I'm working on trying to grow. So I, those are the two I want to grow, uh, uh, that and TikTok. And then when you say you get enough followers where you can actually kind of make some profit from it, that's that's the goal, obviously. So Yeah, multiple streams, right? Using your, your gift, your talents in comedy. Um, that's always the goal, right? Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. 
So, all right. So at Paul May Comedy or your YouTube channel is Paul is going places. And I'll make sure I put all those links for everybody that is listening or watching today. Well, Paul, thanks so much for coming on. We'll have to have you come back. I want to hear more about how this uh, redneck bus tour goes um, that's starting up there. And that's in Springfield or that's in the, uh, the redneck things in Branson, Missouri. Branson, Missouri. Uh, hey, so if you're in Branson, that touristy spot, um, Branson, Missouri, get on the bus. We'll have some fun. Get on the red. That would, I would want to do that. Like I, well, I already told you about the, the nightmare of the three hour trolley mm -hmm. gig that I, that I purpose, that I went out of my way to get, you know what right. I mean? And um, that was a nightmare, but I still think it would be a lot of fun being on a bus, having a good time. And uh, especially being in character, you know, yeah. so you can really play up that redneck thing. So and and please uh, also, I want to put the mayhem. I wanted to put your TikTok with all this this character that you actually do on this bus. I want to put that link also in the show notes. That, um, That's uh, that one's going to be mayhem comedy it's at, at mayhem comedy. OK, at mayhem comedy. And that's on TikTok. -A -A yeah. Yeah. Mayhem. Yeah. I had to add the comedy because somebody already had that mayhem handle for some vibe already took then, it then you have to use the number like mayhem 347 no <laughs> underscore yeah yeah some of them get weird yeah it, it it loses its it loses like when you have to start putting underscores or numbers and how people yeah. should find you you're you've already lost it you've already lost them just forget just go home Right. Um, so anyway, well, thanks for coming on. Let's definitely do this again. And, um, yeah, I appreciate it. It was great having you on here and, um, good luck to you and your family. And, um, I hope you get hired. Um, maybe this should close us out. Maybe this right here is going to have to close us out. <laughs> when you book a comedian, you are also helping a spouse. Do it for her people. Yeah, look at look at him so sad in that cage, Paul. We we don't want you to have to ever go back to that. Yeah. Please, please call now. <laughs> okay, guys, please, please call now for her sake. Operators are standing by. Four one seven eight six zero nine zero one five, or book at paulmaycomedy.com. Help save a marriage today. <laughs> She's Amen. getting a phone call, guys. Let's make this lady happy. So uh, anybody wants to book them, there you go. There's the info, and we'll put it all in the show notes. Paul, thanks for coming on today. 